You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. This is Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. I want to remind everyone about our fantastic new sponsor, Ohio vs. Everyone. Ohio vs. Everyone is where to go if you want Ohio-based sports. Especially, I can vouch for the Indian site. You got Matt Bratz over there. Great guy, great material, really knows his stuff. So if you are someone out there who wants some more information focused on Ohio and Ohio sports teams, then go to Ohio vs. Everyone today. Uh, you can go look on their Twitter, and you can just see a lot about what has gone on recently on the website. Talk about Matt Bratz already. He wrote a piece about Oscar Mercado and his struggles and uh, what's going on with him. Things like that that are a little deeper dive on the sports teams you love here in Ohio. So go check out Ohio VS everyone today. Ugh, do we even want to talk about baseball? I mean, this game today was a soul sucker. Quite the, the turn after that the happy ad read, right? But there's just no good way to describe this one. Uh, I mean, Carrasco and Delano DeShields and, uh, and Roberto Perez reached base twice. You give him credit for that. Fran Mil Reyes reached base twice. But, man, uh, I mean, it, it, part of the problem right now with this squad is there's just so many positions that they're really not performing at. And when you look at this team compared to a year ago, it's like Jordan Leplo is playing okay versus lefties, but he is not the star he was a year ago. Like He was one of the most dangerous hitters in the league when a lefty was on the plate. He's not been that guy this year. That's, that's a big drop-off for this team. Roberto Perez at peak was a power-hitting catcher who would also walk a lot. Now they have a guy who's a, you know, a below-replacement-level offensive player there. That, that's another big drop-off. Carlos Santana carried the offense in the early going a year ago. Now he's about a league-average bat. That's a big drop-off. Jose Ramirez has not kept the high-level performance going. He has been good, but he hasn't been that MVP-level performer. That is a drop from where he was at the start of the year. And Francisco Lindor has been, you know, also a good but not an MVP. That's a drop-off from a year ago. They are getting more production out of second base. They're getting more production out of the DH spot. But almost every other position on the diamond, you can unilaterally say, is worse than a year ago uh, in terms of the production. And that's what leads to a game like today, where for all the complaining about the Shields, and there are a lot of people who just dislike him immensely. And, you know, am I a fan? No, but at least he has been productive when given opportunities this year. And we know, looking at numbers, that the defense and base running are elite skills for him. So if he can be a league average bat, then he is absolutely a starter because what he can do defensively and what he can do on the base paths. Now, history shows he's not going to be league average, but right now he is. And that's better than, say, Oscar Mercado, who's a 140 average, 210 on base, 158 slugging. I mean, Mercado is making Roberto Perez look good by comparison, and we talked about Perez's struggles. Naquin is, you know, he got hot, he cooled off. That's kind of the story of his entire career. Uh, you know, I was okay with just getting the one outfielder because I thought maybe Naquin had turned a corner. I thought Luplo was going to start performing. You still should be able to get by with that combo, but man, a year ago that was a net plus position. This year they're struggling to tread water at the average level. And then, you know, again, when Mercado was hitting seventh and we talked about 
the, the positioning of it? Or how about when it happens that uh, Perez and I believe it was DeShields are on first and second with nobody out. So you've got the top of your lineup up there. Cesar Hernandez, we've talked about, is one of the union's four best hitters this year. It's not just he's there because of bad roster construction, which we've seen in the past. He's one of the Indians' better hitters. So let's sacrifice to get those guys to second and third. And then they immediately do the unintentional, intentional walk for Jose Ramirez because he's you know one of the few hitters that scares teams at all. And then Lindor and Santana both fail to come up with anything. But you gave him an out. You had two men on with no outs, and you gave away an out. That's bad baseball. And when your team that has about you know, five hitters that are league average, uh, you can't give away outs. It's not going to lead to a, a victory. Uh, Danny Duffy has not been a great pitcher this year. He's been a back-end guy. Uh, you know, there's not too much more to say there with that. And, I mean, he made the Indians look foolish in this one. Carrasco, again, it's worth pointing out. Seven innings, seven hits, zero walks, six strikeouts, one earned run. Wetgren does his job. Uh, Phil Maton comes in, and I know there is the bad uh, bump, you know, the bad bounce for when Tyler Naquin goes to get the ball. Tyler? Taylor? I was trying to go for multiple names there. When Naquin goes to get the ball, but it doesn't change the fact that he gave up three singles in that inning. Yes, there's a chance that if you go and you look at the, the situation, maybe he doesn't give up a run in the ninth if there isn't that bad bounce because it essentially goes down to you got Gordon at first, so it's probably a single and a single, and then the Lopez single probably loads him up, Gallagher lines out, and you're out of the inning. But it didn't happen, and giving up three hits in an inning is not a good thing. And for Maiton, that's been the story of late. You know, there was, again, he was one of those guys where people are like, I think he's the next setup guy. I think he's, you know, the next great find. He has been regressing to what we've seen historically for him pretty hard over his last few appearances. When we look at the recent games, let's just dive in here. Uh, So the Royals game yesterday was solid, but yeah, on Monday, not yesterday. Milwaukee. He goes in there and has an okay one, but that Friday Milwaukee game, he gave up uh, three runs. And I guess it's just the two bad outings, but even, I mean, I'm saying but a lot. <laughs> it's, it, that's a sign of a weak uh, position. In that Sunday game against Milwaukee, one inning, one hit, one walk, one K, you're letting two guys get on base. I just remember watching that and feeling not comfortable in the moment. This is a guy whose ERA on Wednesday was .73. It is now up to 3.52. Probably not. Let's pump the brakes a little. There's, you know, reasons why he, you don't get excited by small sample sizes. And, uh, man, they just, he, the, the Indians didn't use him. If you remember at the start of the year, I thought he could be a guy who got cut when they had to uh, go through and fix the 40-man because of, you know, various issues of guys who were not counting against it because uh, Delano DeShields was on the COVID list. And... Instead, they, uh, I can't remember exactly how they juggled everything, but Maiton was just kind of hanging out at the back end, hanging out at the back end, hanging out at the back end, and then eventually he moved into a more prominent role. Now they're going to him almost too much, and the Indians are in a weird position where, you know, because they are being managed by someone who's not a good manager, I mean, let's just be fair. That's the honest-to-goodness truth. They are being managed by someone who is making it abundantly clear that you should not give him a managerial job. Like Sandy Almar 
It's manager, managing himself out of the future as a manager. I, anyone who's watching this tape is not impressed with the decision-making, the thought processing, anything. And use Brad Hand. Just don't let him sit there because don't stick to some basic dogma that uh, you only use your closer in certain situations. Dominic uh, Leone is not great, but use him. Use Quantrell a bit more. I mean, it's been 3.2 innings since he's been acquired. Use some of these other players. Figure it out. Use some other spots. But And if you're not going to use them, then call someone up. Bring back Cam Hill. Try Kyle Nelson. Try Nick Sandlin. They have really good relief options I've been talking about on the pod all year. Right at this point, Maiden, you know, again, early in the season, I talked about how he had the least innings on the team. After tonight, he has had the th- he's third highest innings in that bullpen behind uh, Whitgren and Karen Chalk third most. He is the third most used reliever for the Cleveland Indians. And I get it. You look at the incidental data and the walk rate is low and the strikeout rate is high, but the hit rate is is high as well compared to some other guys in this pen. He's very hittable. And we'll see. I mean, again, basing that off of 14 innings, which is basically worthless, but you can't just keep going to the same guys time and time again. And I hate that they are stuck in a situation where you have a manager who's not going to be an independent thinker or do anything other than just the buy the book approach it's thursday it is a rock auto day rock auto is a fantastically easy to use site where you can go and find the parts and pieces you need for your car and since it is one central site with all of their pieces it's not a bunch of little stores they are able to cut down on the overhead they pass that savings on to you so next time you need a piece for your car you need a part for your car you need something for your car go to rock auto and it's a fantastic resource, if for nothing else, than to compare against other sites and make sure that you are getting the right deal on your car. And if you are going to get the best deal at rockauto.com, make sure to put in the little box, how'd you hear about us? Locked on, locked on MLB, locked on Indians, just some form of locked on so they know that we sent you there. And that lets them know that their advertising dollars are well spent on the locked on network. I've gone and checked out Rock Auto. I know nothing about cars, but I can figure out and go through there and find a part if I need it for my car. So go check out Rock Auto. Next time you're in need, remember to tell them Locked On sent you. So let's, uh, I had a tweet today I wanna reference as I was sitting here waiting for the podcast. Uh, Andy, who's uh, at D-E-B-C-I-S-E, he often helps me with my pronunciation. this isn't, I'm not, I, yesterday's podcast to talk about the pronunciation issues. It's not tied to that. He just tweeted at me two hours ago with Crasco now fourth all-time in strikeouts. Does he get his number retired? If not, what's missing? So this kind of led me down to a wormhole. And, you know, it's, it's we should appreciate Carlos Carrasco. And the fact that he is where he is all-time in strikeouts, that's phenomenal uh, just in terms of where he's come. You know, I, I talked about, I have distinct memories of, Sitting at my grandmother's house, um, which has not been in the family for it feels like a decade, and laying on the floor there and watching him pitch and people wanting to just give up on Carrasco, that he was a bum and he was no good and that uh, he was plunking too many guys, he was throwing at the Royals, uh, you know, before it became cool to plunk people, uh, and they wanted him gone. And... I just remember, like, let's give him a chance. Let's give him an opportunity. Let's see what this guy can do. And, you know, 2009, 22 innings in Cleveland. 2000, 2010, 44 innings in Cleveland. 
And you look at the the FIPS in those early years, they're kind of more back-endy. Doesn't pitch at all in 2012 uh, due to injury. 2013 comes back and again shows some back-end stuff. Is not a full-time starter. 2014, he's a reliever for a good chunk of the year. 14 starts, 40 games, which shows that there's more there. Kind of makes that turn at age 27. Becomes a full-time starter. After that, a 13th finish in the Cy Young the next year. He has a 4th finish in the Cy Young in uh, 2017. Just this solid city force. He's been pitching for the Indians since 2009. So it's 11 years in Cleveland. He is going to be here for the long haul. Let's see, when does his contract... They gave him that extension. So he's in Cleveland for uh, two more years minimum. Potentially a third with his uh, buyout is a high one at $3 million. So it's an $11 million difference, which is still enough to probably uh, convince them to consider that if uh, his performance dips. But right now, he, you know, he's performing well this year. He is a solid, steady back-end type. Now, he, he's not the, the ace he was dating back to like 2018, where he really was one of those top 10 pitchers in baseball from pretty much 2014 through 2018, which is his age 27 through age 31 year. He was one of the best pitchers you could hope to have. Now, he's more of a four. But there are many teams out there that would kill for Carlos Carrasco in their rotation right now. So let's talk about all-time, and is he someone who gets his number retired? Now, I was commenting that it's hard to guess that because if you look at the Indians' all-time players by baseball reference war, their top two players, Tris Speaker and Nap Lajoie, neither of them have their number retired. That's right, at one point in time, this team was named for Nap Lajoie, but they never retired his number. Uh, if you go down to their fifth, Stan Kovaleski, who was the ace on that first World Series team, number also isn't retired. It's only two of the top five. And you can go down, uh, you know, it's Earl Avril is, has his retired. But why is his retired and not Knapp, Triss, and Kovaleski, who were better players? It's a weird thing that that is the player that, that got the number retiring. But, hey, I mean, seven is Kenny Lofton. He's never going to get his. Eighth, Bob Lemon's number is retired. Ninth, Jim Tomey's is retired. Ten, Joe Sewell, Hall of Famer, spent most of his career in Cleveland, number not retired. Eleven, Addy Joss, one of those great what-ifs. Number not retired. 12, Mel Harder. Pitch forever in Cleveland. Number is retired. 13, Larry Doby. Number retired. After that, no one else's number has been retired. Uh, if you're curious, 14, Sudden Sam McDowell. 15, Early Wins. 16, Terry Turner. 17, George Yule. 18, Wes Farrell. 19, Shoeless Joe. 20, Bill Bradley. 21, Ken uh, Keltner. 22, Al Rosen. 23, Corey Kluber. And 24, Willis Hudlin. So if we just want to talk about where is Carrasco's place in the uh, just pitchers amongst war, he's currently 21st. Uh, he passed Sonny Siebert and Burt Bylevin this year. 20th is Tom Candiotti. If he can perform this year, uh, next year, how he's performed this year, he would get about 3.5 more wins for his you know uh, war value. That would get him up to a score of 24. That would move him to 18th, passing Candiotti, Vien Gregg, Bartolo Colon, and put him just behind Charles Nagy. He's pro- and then if he had another season like that, basically, if he defies things and you know if he has two more three point five win seasons, then he they'll you know take his third year and he'll stay in Cleveland. If he gets another three point five win, you're looking at about ten point five more wins, which would almost uh, be fifty a fifty percent improvement, which is very unlikely. But let's say that happens, then you're getting him to a thirty one, a straight thirty one has him at 11th all-time. That does not get him in the top 10. That still puts him behind um, Mike Garcia, who's at a 31.1. Uh, 
Corey Kluber is in there from uh, recent pitchers. So that's that's long and short of it. Sadly, probably not for him. Carrasco is tied for 18th all-time in win. Or no, I'm sorry. He's 19th. <laughs> I thought about today's game and just automatically put a win in the W column because he pitched a well and the Royals are not good. But no, he did not tie Bob Rhodes today. So he sits still at 19th, which is ahead of Cliff Lee. We go down to some of these other ones. Let's see. Where's just straight strikeouts? Here it is. So seven tonight moved him past early win and Bob Lemon, who were tied at 1277. He's now at 1282. Still puts him significantly behind Corey Kluber uh, because, like I said, he's at a 1282. Kluber's at a 1461. He needs, what, 180 to pass. That's probably more than a year worth of performance at this point in time uh, for Carrasco to get there. And no one's getting near Sudden Sam and Bob Feller. Game started. This is another one where Carrasco's been around for so long that he's got a chance of moving up. Currently 15th. Uh, needs 10 more to pass Jim Bagby. So let's see, he gets like, what, three more this year? And then if you were to get like 25 each of the next two years. So if he gets 53 more, you're looking at what, uh, 244? That moves him to 11th all-time, passing Kluber and Sabathia. Again, that, you know, he's he's not in the top 10 for a lot of things. That's just what's going to come down to, because there were the injuries um, through his career that slowed him down a bit, the cancer situation. But even before that, he was not a huge innings guy. He typically missed a few starts a year. He's kind of, you know, a slight pitcher. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to really, you know, uh, go through and compare him against 31st all-time and FIP on this team that's not it's not a counting one so it's not gonna continually increase for him but uh Crasco is going to be one of the best pitchers in Indians history but he is not probably one of the top 10 pitchers all time so I don't think he's a guy who gets his number retired uh there is something to be said for his uh leadership and what he meant to the community and how he's the rare guy who kept taking under market deals because he loved Cleveland and had no interest in going. Yes, the Indians benefited from the fact that Guy had a heart condition. And I think that often gets forgotten. On top of cancer, you know, they discovered he had a heart condition and he signed one of the most sweetheart deals that I've seen any player ever sign this side of the Atlanta Braves. Uh, when Carrasco accepted his contract, knowing that, hey, I've got a heart problem, this will take care of my family forever, and that's all I care about. And the Indians certainly benefited. I mean, he was never going to cross uh, $10 million on that old contract, which I think would have ended after next season originally. They ripped that up. This year he's over 10, and then it's 12 the next two with that 14 with a $3 million buyout. So it gives him a little bit more money. It gives the Indians you know, a little bit more time with Carrasco. So what's he need? What's the resume lacking? He needs, honestly, like three years performing how he performed in his late 20s. If he could have three years like that where he's back to being a... Uh, instead of, I mean, a 3.5 win pitcher is is something that uh, is great. And honestly, it's like during the his peak, he had a 5.2, a 4.1, a 3.9, a 3.7, and a 3. So me even giving him credit for being a 3.5 is aggressive. But he needs to go back to when he was more of a, a high, you know, the 5-2, the 4-1. And I think it's just with Carrasco, when you look at the starts, 14. It, you know, it wasn't until he was 27 that he had 14 starts. 
at age uh, in 2011, at age 24, he did have 21 starts. Not the same arm, not fully developed yet. But 14, 30, 25, 32, 30. This is a guy who, in terms of 20 starts in a season, has five seasons of that. He's been in Cleveland 11 years, but he's had five seasons where he's had over uh, 20 starts in a season. So that's what's holding him back. He's just never got enough reps. That's it's it's odd to say that, but at the same time, it's the truth of the matter. Only three seasons over 180 innings pitched in a season that holds him back, and it's why he's not higher in a lot of the categories. So when you consider some of that information, you kind of go back here and you think he's been one of the best strikeout pitchers in team history. What's his strikeouts per nine innings? Well, he's fourth all time. And it's he's never going to get to the top because Danny Salazar is at a 10.471, Mike Clevenger at a 10.043, Corey Kluber a 9.8, Trevor Bauer a 9.428. So top five, all recent guys. Zach McAllister, by the way, eighth. Just fun fact there. So I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Well, it was not a enjoyable game to watch by any means, uh, it is always enjoyable to talk about Carlos Carrasco, a player you have to love if you are a Cleveland Indians fan. If you still have some kind of issue with him, I, I don't know what is wrong with your heart. Carrasco has twice taken less money because he loves the city and wants to stay here and pitch forever. And I, you know, he's had his ups, ups and downs this year, but he's pitched better than I could have hoped for. And hopefully tomorrow the Indians will, uh, you know, Savali will take care of things and they'll be able to split this series with the Royals. That's still a loss. If you're splitting a series with the team that was, uh, before this weekend set to have the number two pick in the draft because they had been so bad and on tomorrow's show we're going to preview the minnesota twins talk about this upcoming series talk about you know the pitching matchups talk about what has changed since the last time the indians and twins uh faced it is a big one because we're heading into this you know the indians and twins are second and third in the uh the division it's going to be a battle for positioning and it's going to be a uh, some bragging rights after the twins knocked the Indians out a year ago. So far, the Indians have outperformed the Twins in the head-to-head and in record, so it's a chance to kind of reclaim uh, some uh, pride, some top dog status. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked On Indians podcast. Uh, I want to thank you all who are rating, reviewing, listening, downloading. Uh, All of that is so important to a show like this. Let's continue to grow. Let's continue to get better. Let's continue to make this one of the uh, best podcasts out there. And it's always from great ideas and stuff from the fans. So on top of your rating and reviewing, things so I can do mailbags, ideas, all of that, your feedback, I greatly appreciate it. I've been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. And as always, go Tribe.